Welcome back to another episode of the Unapologetic Pod, and today we have a loaded show for you guys. We'll be going over some Week 9 highlights, the Week 10 preview, the UFC 268, and at the end of the show, we'll be going over some college basketball talk that just started up. And with that, here we go. Welcome back to another episode, and today, like Andrew said, we have a jam-packed episode, but first, I just want to throw out a little apology. We said we were going to be better about when we weren't going to post episodes, and we did not post a show last Sunday, and I just want to apologize for that. That one's a little bit on me. I had a lot of homework with a big midterm presentation I had to take care of. That one's on me. School comes first. And I'm also sorry that we haven't been posting on our social media platforms. We will get better at that. We'll notify you guys and keep you in the loop. But with that, let's talk about the last weekend in sports, starting off with UFC 268. Before we start talk about some of the fights, I just want to say I think this was definitely the best card of the year by far. Um, got anything to say? Um, no, other than best card of the year, fight of the year on the card. It obviously... It had all the names coming into it, and it lived up to its hype. I I think it lived up to its hype. Yeah, it definitely lived up to the hype. I mean, starting off with the first fight on the card, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. And, man, this was a banger. I mean, every fight fan knew this was going to be a good fight coming into it, but it definitely lived up to the hype. And, like I said, I thought it was going to be the fight of the year, and certainly I think it is right now. That was just a straight slugfest. It was an absolute slugfest. It, honestly, Gaethje looked really rough to start the fight. He got caught with a couple strikes early, and then he kind of exactly what we thought would happen. He took over the fight and wore down Chandler throughout the like final three or two rounds, I should say. Yeah, you know, I told my friends that like Michael Chandler, his best shot's round one. I mean, that's when he surprises people, gets them on their toes, and he did have Gaethje. He rocked. had him he ro- reeling a little yeah. bit. Uh, but like Logan said, that's what Gaethje just does that to everyone. He just whittles you down and then will kill you at the end. But with that, we could just talk about the two title fights too. Rose Namajunas versus Zhang Wei Li. That one, I thought it was a good fight. Personally, I thought Wei Li won. I'm not going to lie. I had her the first three rounds and Rose the last two. But I guess the judges didn't see that. and It was a unanimous victory for Rose. I mean, honestly, I, I'm supporting Rose in this. I will, being from Wisconsin as we are, I just like to see the Milwaukee girl get keep her title reign going over Whaley, but I agree with you. I thought she did win the fight as well, but I'm not going to complain with the outcome as it won me money and it kept the glory of Wisconsin. Yeah, no, it was a good fight for sure. And then the last fight was just another banger of a fight. I've been waiting for this card since they announced it in March, and the fight was perfect. Like, it went, there was a really close fight. You know, Colby Covington versus Kamara Usman is what I'm talking about. I was rooting for Colby, to be honest with you. He was an underdog, and I kind of like his fighting style. And man, he is definitely the hardest uh, opponent Usman has ever faced. And that's definitely clear by their two fights. I just have to wonder, though, like, 
Usman's ran through that whole division basically now. What's going to be next for him after he's fought Colby twice, who's definitely been his best opponent, like you just said. Those have been his probably two of his best fights. Who's he going to fight now, though? See, he's kind of in a hard position, I would say, because uh, although he could go up, he can't really go down. I was really just going to say, do you think he could go two belts? He could. This is definitely, definitely his time to do it. I mean, Izzy. he's defended his – he, he, he said he wouldn't do that. I know. They're two – they're good friends. So, so both being from Nigeria too, I – yeah, he didn't say that, and there's no way that dude can make lightweight. He's like perfect, 170. He'd be killing himself if he went down. So unless Izzy turns up or goes up to light heavyweight or heavyweight, Usman's probably staying in that division. But, yeah, he's running through everyone, and I'm – Honestly, the most intrigued to see Cosmod fight him. I'm not going to lie. Like, we've already seen Leon Edwards versus Usman. They fought early in their careers. He beat Leon Edwards. We already saw Masvidal twice. We saw Colby twice. We saw Gilbert Burns. Like, there's not many people. Maybe Vicente Luque, but who knows? He might be still a fight away. So I'm only excited for Cosmod, but going back to the fight, it was really good, though. It was still a really good fight. Colby de- Made his stance. He showed his case as to why he's still definitely one of the best welterweights in the world. He stood toe-to-toe with Usman very well in that fight. Oh, yeah. I personally agree with what Dana White said. He said if there was an era or a time where Kamar Usman wasn't champion in welterweight, that would be Colby Covington. It would be Covington's Covington, belt. 100%. So, I mean, it was a good fight. Uh, Colby got knocked down bad twice in the round two, and I kind of thought it'd be going downhill from them. But he only turned it up in one two out of the last three rounds and yeah it was a close fight really lived up to the hype and i really enjoyed my saturday night some I, it was awesome to see the ufc card like really perform how you wanted it to even with it being as late as it was i wasn't complaining at all because the card was action-packed enough to where like i was willing to pay i had it had my attention the whole time i wasn't ever feeling tired when it was 12 o'clock and the main and the final fight was starting yeah, they just got really good cards like that, like a couple times a year. And another card like that's going to be in December. I mean, Oliveira, Poirier, that card is stacked from top to bottom. 100% can be tuning in. It was supposed to, there was also supposed to be Leon and Jorge Masvidal, but we have to see what will happen there now with. Put Cosmod in. I want him to, low key. See, that would be interesting then because we were talking earlier as well as whoever wins that should get the next title shot. No, yeah. That's the thing. I don't think Cosmo should get a title fight. Not shot this early. This time, but I do want to see him fight higher-level opponents, and he is ranked 10th, so who knows? But other than that, we can go back to some Week 9 highlights since we missed the show Monday, so we can touch on some what happened in Week 9. And I'm going to go – we can go first, and I know you want to talk about something. <sighs> Jags fans, all you Jags fans out there, the few, the seldom, but the prideful – we got a good victory this week. We beat the top-ranked at the time, AFC, well, top-ranked AFC team in the Buffalo Bills. And I have to say, a 9-6 to game looks ugly to everyone else, but that looks damn good to me. A win's a win, baby. Yeah, crazy. That was crazy. Honestly, like, no one had it that way, not even, like, Vegas, anyone. Like, kind of out of your mind if you bet that game for the Jags. But, like, hey, shout-out to the Jags. Duvall. They were hey, remember we said plus thousand odds yeah. on them last week on the show. So if you bet them, hey, you won. Good change. Duval, baby. Duval. And then other than that, um, Chiefs Packers. 
without Aaron Rodgers, I mean, we did think the Chiefs were going to win. But, again, like, these games aren't blowouts, dude. They're ugly. Like, the Chiefs really don't look that good. What I do have to say is it's not like Jordan Love did play the worst game ever, though. He was very rough through the first half, but he picked it up a little bit in the second half and was able to get a couple drives going. And they should have had that game going to overtime if you think of two missed field goals with one, the laces being in on their fault, and the second one, uh, I can't remember what happened, but something, wasn't it blocked? Yeah, it was a blocked kick on the second one. So it should have been a 13-13 game at the end going to OT. Yeah, and I was so close to that prediction about Jordan Love, his bum-ass one interception. He did lose a fumble. He did lose a fumble. And he did recover it, like I said, but he didn't have the other one. You know, I was hoping that happens. But, hey, Packer fans, you didn't expect to win this game. With Rodgers, it would be definitely a different story. But, hey, you're still top of the division by a lot and top of the NFC. It's getting top three teams in the NFC right now. And honestly, if I was a bigger Packers fan, I'd be proud of what the defense did even then. They they were able to hold the Chiefs offense to 13 points. Grant, that's been a normal thing this year. Yeah. But still the Chiefs offense that everyone's realistically waiting for them to go back to who they are because that's who they are the last how many years. No, yeah, that's the alarming thing. Like, they have a big game against the Raiders this week. And, and the Raiders have always been their kind of yeah, slayer. Yeah, could, they could expose them. I mean, Derek Carr is having literally, like, stat by stat his best – NFL career or best NFL year in his career to date so you know what that'll be a good game we'll talk about that later and then the last thing I want to touch about is that I definitely jinxed myself last show and said buying stock into the Cowboys was a good idea because man did they drop a deuce against the Broncos the Broncos beat them 30 to 16 and I think at one point was it 30 to nothing or 27 nothing and then the Cowboys scored two garbage time touchdowns with the two-point conversion but, man, that's such an ugly game, especially at Dallas. Just kind of crazy to me. I mean, the Broncos, we were calling them frauds earlier. Now are we going to have to say are they real? I'll say their defense looked pretty real, even without Von Miller after that trade to the Rams. They still were able to hold that Cowboys offense pretty in check the yeah, whole game. Yeah, to basically nothing. I mean, like I I said, they were garbage time touchdowns. They didn't do anything. You know, it, it kind of scares me about the Cowboys, but I'm still definitely in. I'm not selling my stock. There's no way. Not even if they lose this week either. You know, I, I'm firm in the Cowboys. They're definitely going to pick it up. Where are they at right now? Are they 6-2? and two? Yeah. Okay. I'm. St- yeah, I wouldn't be worried if I was a Cowboys fan right now at all. But other than that, I mean, that's all what happened. A lot of the teams, we saw the Ravens beat the Vikings, come back. That was a good OT game. Yeah, it was a good comeback, too, by the Ravens. They were down big at half. Lamar's kind of real now. He's had three comeback wins already this season. Yeah. Um, Cardinals blow over the Niners without Kyler Murray. James Conner, three touchdowns. Shout out that. 41.6 in a normal PPR league for points. That's crazy. Chase Edmonds does go down, so James Conner could pick it up. Fantasy value through the roof. He's going to turn up. He's projected 18.6 this week. Oh, yeah, he's going to get fed like a cow. He was during that game. He had 22 carries and seven catches. But enough about last week's games. Let's just get into the Week 10 slate. Uh, Starting off with the standings of games we picked, Andrew is now in the sole position of the lead at 28-18 on the year. Chris and Mitch are tied for second at 27-19, just one game behind them. I'm at fourth at 26-20, one game behind them again. And Mason, after a rough week, is standing at 22-22 and 22 on the bottom. Yeah, big dogs at the top like we kind of expected. I'm going to ride this wave till the end. I'm not definitely going to lose, so I'm confident. 
you know, we're calling some upsets. We're doing good, it looks like. We're only up a game, but I'll be at the top. Come see me at the top. That's all I got to say. I'm only two games behind. I'm really not worried about that. Yeah, come see me at the top. That's all I'm going to say. We both won 7-7 seven and seven this week. We both, we both had the same exact week. Yeah. But, yeah, let's just get into some Week 10. I mean, we just kicked off the standings, and now we got Thursday Night Football. Baltimore Ravens at Miami Dolphins. With the line being minus 380 Ravens and plus 300 Dolphins, the spread 7.5. Personally, I mean, we saw what Lamar did last week, and I think we got to take in consideration what he's done all season. He's definitely a top-five MVP candidate for me right now. I mean, yeah, he's having his best ever passing season, and he's right on pace with about what he does rushing-wise, just minus only two touchdowns this year, whereas he normally has, what, like probably 10 around on the season, so he's a little under that pace halfway through, but still having a tremendous year, obviously, and the Dolphins aren't anything special this year, that's for sure. No, they aren't. I mean, they did beat the Texans, so shout out the 1-7 and seven matchup we had last week the Texans definitely got to be worse at that point uh yeah but I think the Ravens are gonna roll them I don't think it'll be close Dolphins are not good don't matter who's the quarterback Brissett or Tua they're not good anyways and we can go on the picks with that we have everyone going the Ravens Logan 33-13 myself 30-10 Les 35-17 Mitch 28-14 and Chris also 28-14 we all have it the same way. I mean, unless they're the called the Jacksonville Jaguars and upsetting the Bills last week, I don't think this will happen, and I got the Ravens. And with our next game, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Dallas Cowboys. The money line is negative 430 Cowboys and plus 330 Falcons, and the spread is negative 9 Cowboys. Honestly, I think this is a very big fantasy matchup. I think that there's a lot of favorable matchups for the Cowboys on this or for this game personally I think CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper could both have good games if they both play this week I'm not sure how CeeDee Lamb's taking his ankle injury from last week he played but he was still questionable after that game I saw so you'll just have to look out for that but also you have Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts on the other side of the ball that have been doing pretty good work yeah Cordell Cordero Patterson is a number one running back right now I won't that won't be the first time I'm going to say it. He's definitely established himself and puts such a good game on the pass on the passing plays and the running game. He's very versatile, and you know, if you got him, if you picked him up from free agent or something like that, definitely start him. He'll be one of your best backs on your team, if not the best. So you're saying he's locked in as a number one for the rest of the season, bearing an injury? Yes, I think he is. He's producing a lot, like really good numbers kind of reminds me of Christian McCaffrey the way he's such so efficient in the passing game but yeah no if I have him I'm starting him but yeah besides fantasy I mean I think there's a lot of questions the Cowboys should answer this week having losing to the Broncos and I personally think this will be a close game because the offense offenses do tend to show up during games and I think it'll be a high scoring game but I do have the Cowboys winning which is kind of a must win Judging by they did lose to the Broncos at home, so they got another home game against the Falcons, so kind of want to see them take this. I'd be worried if they didn't. Yeah, I can definitely see this as a little bit of a trap game with the 4-4 four four Falcons who are 3-1 and away, three and one 
away on the road so they're a good road team so that could be a little bit of a gamble as a trap game for the cowboys that are trying to right the ship here but realistically we all have the cowboys winning this game uh, i have them scored at cowboys 31 falcons 20 andrew has it cowboys 34 falcons 27 mason has it 24 3 for the cowboys mitch is 27 21 and chris has it 24 17. Not a big surprise there that everyone's going Cowboys considering the season they've been having so far. But with that note, on to the next game. Yeah, and for the next game, we have the Saints at the Tennessee Titans. Money line being one, minus 150 Titans, plus 130 Saints. Spread only being minus three, obviously, towards the Titans. And, you know, as I'm looking at my score, I do have the Saints winning, but... The Titans have been on a crazy win streak. What is this? Four in a row, and they did kind of shock. No, they're on. They're at five in a row. Five, right now. five. They did kind of shock the world, beating the Rams on Sunday Night Football. I think this team is slightly underrated. I mean, Derrick Henry is once in a generation talent. What he's been doing, but you got to take into account the offensive line has got to be some sort of like decent. If Derrick Henry's on pace for 2,000 yards, had 2,000 yards last year, and their pass game's only getting better, you like to see Julio and you like to see A.J. Brown. They're both healthy, which will definitely be the key for them winning. And I think I'm going to personally change my pick. I do. I will have the Titans winning this game. We'll get to that later. But, yeah, you know, I don't like the Saints. I don't like their quarterback situation. Rather, whether If not, it's T- Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. So I think I got. I think I'm gonna go to Titans, and I think Tannehill's ha- gonna have to show up, and he has been. Yeah, I can definitely understand you wanting to go the Titans way. I had to think about it for a while. I personally had the Saints. I think I'm the only person has the Saints then in this game off the top of my head, because they they've still been able to beat decent teams this year. They've been able to beat Seattle. They've been able to beat Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay. So they've showed that they're able to do work with and that was with Trevor Simeon for three quarters that that game against Tampa Bay and I yeah they're not great quarterbacks but they've both had a winning track record in the past and they're both proven starters at points in time so I like to think you know everyone can always have their vintage moments and Trevor Simeon's been having that here and there for the Saints and maybe he can work a little bit more magic you know I would agree with you there but they did just come off a, a tough loss against the Falcons and you know, I think that's kind of their ceiling this season. Maybe they snap off a couple wins but uh, to teams we might not think they're going to win, but I don't think this is the game they do. I l- the Saints, you know, they got good coaching. Their defense is pretty solid. Their offensive pieces are pretty shaky. You look at their wide receivers, you don't really have a strong number one, let alone number two. Kamara... He's really good, and that's kind of all what they have on that offense. He is kind of questionable. He has a sprained knee this week. They didn't say what it is exactly, but he's supposed to play this week. But that's something to keep in mind, too, for if he might be limited to any extent then if he does play. Yeah, even if he's out, then there's – Oh, then it's a wash. A I, I would change my pick yeah. if he's out. But I'm putting – all my picks are as if players are in, such as, like, if Rodgers does play this week for the Packers, I that changes my picks. And if Chubb – becomes gets two negative vac like covid tests and he's able to play this week that would possibly change my picks as well too yeah um so yeah. that's a t- tough situation sometimes it is tough um we can go the scores you know like i said i'm gonna take titans i think the doctors have i i don't think i know 
the doctors said and the team said A.J. Brown will be at full clearance by week 10, full snap count after he hurt his hamstring. And he's been really good, like, lately. You know, he's shown that he can be that number one in fantasy and on the team. Julio's got to pick it up some more, and I think this game they'll both do really good. That's why I got the Titans 28, Saints 20. Logan has it, Titans Titans 19, Saints 27. Mason, 21 Saints, 17 Titans. Mitch, 24 Titans, Saints 17, and Chris has the Titans at 27, Saints 24. Pretty mixed up with the picks. We got Mason and Logan going Saints and the rest going Titans. It could be a close game. You got to check if Kamara's going to be playing, potentially, if not. But I think it'll be a close game if if that happens. But with that, we can go to the next game, which we got your boys coming off a fat win. Yeah, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. The money line is negative 475 Colts and plus 360 Jags. The spread is negative 10.5 Colts. Now, I want to be able to take my super red-hot Jags in this game, but it's hard for me to take that when you have JT on an absolute tear. And, I mean, if Derrick Henry wasn't having the season he was having for his injury, we'd be talking about how good JT is doing this season. He's already at 821 yards, 8 touchdowns, coming off a 172-yard, 2-touchdown performance last week against the Jets, but still 172 is a feat for sure. I don't see the Jags being able to stop that running team. The reason they're able to stop the Bills is because they had no running game last week, and I don't think the Jags will be able to do that two weeks in a row. Yeah, um, I don't think the Jags will win this game, but I'm going to give them a bone, and I think they will end up covering you know, they did come off a big win. Momentum does have something in a football team and the way they perform, and I think they have the hottest momentum right now besides maybe the Titans. It could be a close game, but, again, like we said about the Colts being wannabe playoff contenders or playoff contenders, you got to win this game. And they have been winning games lately and been playing well as of late, as I said. And, yeah, they have to win this game if they want to ever be considered for January football, in my opinion. I think I, anyone would agree on that. But, oh, yeah. yeah. We can just go through the scores. Yeah, so we all uh, unanimously have it as the Colts. I have Colts 24, Jags 20. Andrew has it Colts 23, Jags 13, covering by the half point, like you said, 10.5 point favorite, losing by 10. Mason has Colts 28, Jags 7. Mitch. He always has that. He always got the Jags getting blown. Always has the Jags getting blown out. Last week, no points. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch has the Colts 21, Jags 13, and Chris has Colts 27, Jags 17. And with that, we'll shift from your team to my team. Big game in Gillette Stadium. We got the Browns at the Patriots. Money line minus 125 for the Patriots, plus 105 from the Browns. Spread one and a half. Super close game. They, Vegas has it as. But before we start talking about this game, are Patriots playoff contenders? Because I'm going to go with yes. I mean, if you look at the picks right now, you can say I finally threw you your bone saying I was always going against the Pats. I have them this week personally because I think that they are a good football team. I think that they can definitely be a playoff team, as you just said. They've been playing very good football and been in every single game this year. Yeah, the thing is, like, their defense is just getting really, 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 really good. 
again, and even losing our best corner and well, second best corner if we're being honest, and yeah, Stephon JC Gilmore is definitely better at yeah. than him at this point. Stephon Gilmore losing him. Shout out him. Picked us off when we played the Panthers last week. Kind of sad, kind of emotional, but JC Jackson shot him up real quick. But yeah, no, the defense is playing really good, and that's obviously gonna be the key. Mac Jones is definitely a very consistent quarterback. Definitely a step ahead of Baker and how he's performing this year. Granted, he does have a shoulder injury. But, yeah, I think the passing game – here's the thing. Nick Chubb doesn't play. The run game is going to be very hard to get by the Patriots because Nick Chubb is definitely a really good talent, and it's just going to be hard for them to That'll have – Definitely. That talent will make a difference for sure against that, the defense. yes. The passing offense, it doesn't matter if they're fully healthy. The pass – the Pats' passing defense is nasty. They've been insane, and Matthew Judon, low-key the best uh, free agent pickup of the of this offseason. You could argue that. I will argue that. But, yeah, I think the Browns really don't have a chance offensively if the Patriots keep playing like they have. I don't trust Baker. Never will. Never have. Don't like him as a quarterback. I'm not going to lie. And, yeah, I got the Patriots. I got the Patriots winning 27 I, you know what? I'm going to change that. I'm going to go a little lower because I kind of, yeah, I, I wasn't. Yeah, you didn't follow one. the rule this week. Yeah, I'm retarded for that. So I'm going 20, Pats 21, Browns for 17. Browns 17. Pats 21, Browns 17. Always got to go with the rule. Happened last week. You know, it's going to happen again. Logan 23 for the Pats. Browns 16. We're both riding with the Pats. And then Mason, Mitch, and Chris all have the Browns. Mason 28 17. And then Mitch and Chris both have it at 17-14. Everyone's following the rule. I mean, that's obvious. It's under 20. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how that goes. And I think that'll be one of, if not the best game in the early afternoon slate. I'm not going to lie. I could be biased, but they're two solid teams. You could be biased. I mean, it depends if the ball gets driven down the field. They're, they're good defenses, so hopefully it's not too low scoring as to where it's just like two big plays break out this break open this whole game. Because then it is a boring game. But if they're actually able to slug it out and move the ball and, you know, get some turnovers on downs and stuff, make it interesting. You know Belichick has some tricks up his sleeve. No, yeah, he does. And I'm going to bet money that Romo and Nance are here for this game. Maybe New Orleans, Tennessee. But I think they're going to go Patriots. That'll be. I think it'll be a good game. I'm looking at the slate right now, and I really do think it's the best game. You could argue maybe Saints, Tennessee, but... I got Cleveland, New England, and the late afternoon games are kind of all fire. I'm not going to lie. We'll get to that later. We can go to the next game, which we have the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets, a divisional matchup, which will probably not go the way what happened to the Bills last week, if we're being honest. I don't see it happening twice in a row. I mean – the Bills have a huge money line again this week. Not as crazy as last week. Maybe Vegas is a little scared of this one now. But uh, the money line is negative 700 Bills and plus 475 Jets. And the spread is negative 12.5 Bills. Not a big shocker there. There's not a lot to talk about. Kevin White's – or Kevin White. Mike White. Mike White. Wow. Mike White is starting the game again this week. They said that they are going to be resting – Zach Wilson on his injury from last week or two weeks ago was that so they said he's going to get another week's rest so we'll see more awesome Mike White maybe he'll get another 400 yard performance we won't see that no, Mike it's White the, it's yeah. the Bills. Mike White only really 
He, okay, I'm going to go with this. He honestly kind of went off that game because no one has tape on Mike White. No one knows what he is. Like, sorry, he's not good. I don't think he's going to perform. If anything, this game goes how it did last week where both quarterbacks take a shit. Like, Trevor Lawrence didn't play that good last week, and Mike White definitely ain't going to play this good. I, I got the Bills by a mile. They need, again, like, they got to bounce back. They got to be so pissed at themselves, like, losing to the Jaguars. They got to beat up on the Jets. Which I think they will. I think we all will because as you look at the scores, everyone has it that way. Yeah, looking at the scores, we all have the Bills. I have them 31-14. Andrew has the Bills 24, Jets 9. Mason has the Bills 35-21. Mitch has the Bills 34-24. And Chris has Bills 28, Jets 14. Clean sweep, not a big surprise there because I don't think that will happen two weeks in a row to the Bills. But looking on to the next game, we got the Detroit Lions at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, we got the money line minus 400 for the Steelers, plus 310 for the Lions, and the spread being minus 9. And just like Vegas, I, I agree. I would agree this game probably won't be in reach of the Lions unless they play perfectly, which they usually don't. The Steelers, you know, they did have a hard-fought game against the Bears. You could argue. You could definitely argue what happened in that game. The Bears should have won that game, but we're not going to get into that. Um, yeah, the Steelers do have a good offense. It's kind of tough seeing their pass offense is not really that effective, to be honest with you. You don't really see Deontay Johnson or Claypool really going crazy. Now that Juju's out, you don't really see the stats like we used to see from Big Ben. And you definitely thought that you were going to see more statistical games from Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Juju went out, but the whole offense is kind of stagnated, stagnated, except for Najee Harris. Honestly, that whole and we can say Pat Fryermuth. He had two touchdowns this last game. The rookie tight end. Yeah, the out of rookies Penn State. are going crazy right now. They really yeah, no, are. It's been a good rookie season so far, especially for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They can say that they've hit on their draft so far. They've been huge contributors to their offense, basically keeping the game the team afloat. Yeah, you know, we'll see what the Lions. I think a recipe for them to win is get the ball on the ground. DeAndre Swift's really good, but it's going to be tough against that Steelers defensive line. We'll have to see. Uh, Jared Goff, you've gotta got to minimize a lot of your mistakes for sure. Get more of the pass game going, not just give it to Hawkinson. you you got to get everyone involved. But, yeah, I don't think they're going to have the recipe to win. I mean, we all have it, Steelers, just like the last game. The Bills-Jets, we had a clean sweep. We're going to have another clean sweep. And Steelers, Logan, 23-10. Myself, 31-17. Mason, 21-7. Mitch, 27-19. And Chris, 24-14. All in the favor of the Steelers. Like the last game, we don't really think this will be that close to the game, and we think the Steelers are just going to run with it the whole game and just win the game outright. And then with the next game, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team, both fresh off a bye. Yeah, so the money line is negative 450 bucks and plus 350 for the football team with the spread negative 9.5 in favor of the Bucks. I don't see this being a real good game for Washington. They've been having a tough season, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They haven't been able to figure it out from last season, especially they're going to be going up against one of the best offenses in the league this week in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who beat them in the playoffs last year in that wild card round. And I see that game going the same way, but in probably a not 
Probably an uglier fashion. Yeah, not not as close of a game for sure, I think, this time around. Yeah, uh, I would have to agree with you. Like we said, the last episode we recorded, Tom Brady is the MVP right now. He has been playing exceptional. And the Bucks' offense has been playing really good. Their defense is getting a little better. And I think the defense is just going to have a feast against the football team. I don't like how, what they've been doing in the run game. Gibson hasn't really been getting it going, and McKissick only gets catches. Do you think it's going to get any better this week? They're going against the number one rush no, defense I in don't. the box. They average 78 yards against them. I game. don't. That's why it's hard for me to say I want to start Gibson or McKissick this week. But other than that, yeah, this game, I think the Bucks are going to roll. We all have it except Mason, over 30 for the Bucks scoring. They're just a really good team, obviously. They're a playoff-caliber team, and the football team has not. Their defense has not showed up in any sort of game except the Broncos game. But, again, we all know that one's going to get ugly. But, yeah, no, other than that, we just go through scores. We have another clean sweep that is three in a row. We got the Bucks. We all have it, Bucks. Logan, Bucks, 38. Football team, 20. I had 31-17. Mason, 21-17, a little closer than you'd expect. Mitch 37-19 and Chris 35-17 all in the favor of the Bucks. Not much to say about this this game anymore. We can just go to the next game, which is again a kind of another wash, I would say. Yeah, no, the Carolina Panthers visiting the Arizona Cardinals, not a real terrific matchup for the Panthers at all. We had the money line at negative 550 Cardinals and plus 400 Panthers with the spread at negative 10 and a half Cardinals. Now, I don't know if we're going to see Kyler this week or not, though, so that can be a little bit of a concern for some people, but the Cardinals played pretty well without him last week. They were able to keep the ship afloat, and the offense still looked somewhat manageable, especially with James Conner rolling over everyone. Yeah, um, I think this is – the Panthers are another team. I think the Cardinals can easily run on. Uh, James Conner just keep that momentum up. It's going to be nice to see McCaffrey back at hopefully full strength, at least closer than he was last week. And I think that'll be interesting. Other than that, I think regardless if Kyler plays, I think the Panthers are losing this game uh, away against the Cardinals. Cardinals are one of, if not the best team in football right now. Kyler Murray's really good, another MVP candidate. And, yeah, I just don't – I don't know. I just don't see it another way. I mean, they won against the Niners, a divisional foe, without DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, their two best offensive weapons. Arguably their best players, realistically. Yeah. Like, arguably maybe. Like, that's kind of a clear thing. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I think they just showed they're a good football team last week, and I think they're going to do the same, bearing any injuries they have regardless. I think it'll be fine. And with that being said, that looks like all of our picks agree with our statements there, as I've got the Cardinals 27, Panthers 17, Andrew has them 27-14, Mason has Cardinals 28, Panthers 21, Mitch has Cardinals 31, Panthers 7, and Chris has Cardinals 24, Panthers 10. Clean sweep once again. Yeah, and then the next game, we're kind of heating up in the games. we got the Vikings at the Chargers, you know, another really good game. Regardless of the Vikings' record, they're still going to be in close games. Money line 170, minus 170 for the Chargers, plus 145 for the Vikings, spread only being three. And I like this recipe because here, hear me out here. The Vikings and the Chargers both are kind of in that same category of good, but, like, they'll play you close. Like, a hundred percent this this is going to go down to the fourth quarter it's going to be an example what we saw last week for the uh for the vikings Vikings. and the ravens and then you look at the chargers i mean they play close games too 
They beat the Eagles by three last week, lost the Patriots by three the week after that, beat the Browns by only five, Chiefs only by six, lost the Cowboys by three, and beat the uh, football team by four. They're always in close games, and same with the Vikings. I think this will be a very close game. I would throw out any of the records, five and three, three and five, because you got two football teams that just play to each other and the football, uh, I guess, play to their opponents, in other words. And yeah, I think it'll be a very close game. You know, it's going to be cool to see, or cool, hopefully. It's going to be hopeful, at least a hopeful chance that Justin Herbert does play as good as he, as good as he did last week because he hasn't really been that consistent throughout his season this year. So I do want to see that. Kirk Cousins has been playing still really good. It just kind of sucks that they keep losing close games. It does, except they will be going up against one of the best passing defenses in the league this year in the Chargers. They're only averaging 209 yards against them passing a game, but they average 161 rushing yards against them a game, which is why I think Dalvin Cook is going to have a field day against this Chargers defense. I think this is going to be Dalvin's breakout game of the year, why we realize he's one of the top picks in fantasy this year. He's been injured for a couple games this year. He hasn't been able to get all the carries he has normally gotten because they've been down in games too. As we say, they play close games. So I definitely see this being as a game where the Vikings show out a little bit. I think Dalvin Cook gives us a nasty game. I think Eckler has a good game too, considering the, the Vikings aren't that great at, as a rushing defense either, as we saw against the Ravens last week. Yeah, I think this will be a good game fantasy-wise for all players involved, the wide receivers for both the Vikings and the Chargers and both the running backs. I think this will be a good game for fantasy owners. I have it a high-scoring game, also close in the end. We'll go through scores. I think we all have it, actually. We all actually have it within three points, all of our games. Not surprising. Are, which is kind of crazy. Logan has it, Vikings 24, Chargers 21. I have a Chargers 31, Vikings 28 on a game-winning field goal because that's just how these two teams are going to stack up. It's kind of bound to happen. Mason 17-14, Chargers. Mitch 24-23, Chargers. Very close. And then Chris 27-24, Chargers. We all have it close. I think, again, this is an afternoon game. It's going to be one of the best games of the afternoon and of the week definitely tune in if you don't have a team playing but if you don't have a team playing or do have a team playing i wouldn't be watching this next game it's going to be a boring old tough slug match in my opinion eagles at broncos you want to take it away yeah so eagles at broncos the money line is negative 150 broncos and plus 110 eagles with the spread negative two and a half broncos another game where both these teams kind of play up to their opponents they play really close games they're both kind of defensive teams or they where teams don't score a lot of points against them but also this they're not really that good of offenses either in this game I think it's going to be a very low scoring game as the Broncos have one of the best defenses in the league and the Eagles offense hasn't really found an identity yet this year I honestly do I agree that it'll be a low scoring game I think it'll be another ugly one I this is a toss up for me because I could see my score or like honestly any of our scores going the opposite way. I think they're both gonna be very close in each other. The both of the teams, Jalen Hurts. You know, I do. I have said I do like him, but he's got to perform better. He hasn't been performing as well. Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos' offense, on the other hand, has been looking really good in the last week or two coming off a big week against the Cowboys and their defense has always been stagnant and 
very tough task for any other team going against it. But personally, yeah, I think it'll be a close game. Other than that, I don't really have much to say. Uh, Fantasy-wise, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Sutton, Malvin Gordon, or Williams if you need running back. Yeah, one of those running backs. They they flip-flop weeks of which one. I have both of them in fantasy, so I just kind of have a personal taste on that. They switch off which game's going to be big. Melvin was good last week. It's going to be Javante this week probably, but, I mean, both of them have shown that they're good backs, so I think they have a very good running offense in general, but so does Philadelphia Eagles having Jordan Howard come back and get three touchdowns in the last two weeks. So, honestly, like Andrew said, who knows how this game will go this week. It could really go either way. Yeah, and looking at the picks, we got kind of mixed up. I think I'm the only one that actually took the Eagles. I have it 17-10 Eagles. Logan has a 21-16 Broncos. Mason 14-10 Broncos. Mitch 21-16 Broncos. And Chris 24-21 Broncos. Kind of a boring game. Definitely going to be a tough one to watch offensively. There's only going to be a couple drives where you're going to score because I think the defenses will both show out and their offenses aren't really high powered. But we'll go to the next game, which Another candidate for the game of the week, Seahawks at Packers with Aaron Rodgers back. The uh, money line is negative 175 Packers and plus 105 Seahawks with the spread negative half, negative three Packers. Um, first, like Andrew said, this kind of rides on Aaron Rodgers being back. He's able to come back Saturday at the earliest if he does have a negative test. But if he's still, still tested positive that day, he will not be able to play Sunday then. But it's looking like he'll return. Russ is designated to come back. He's looking like he will be back. Chris Carson is back to practice as of Wednesday. It's not sure if he'll play. Probably not, but they haven't projected points on for fantasy, so there might be a, a little slight chance that he plays this week, but you have to see about that. Yeah, I think the two storylines coming into this game is both the quarterbacks being back for each team. It's nice to see Russ back after – what a four to five week layoff on that finger injury yeah i think it was four games he missed yeah and then rogers obviously last game with the covid but yeah i think this will be a good game i the seahawks and packers they, they've always they had know good each battles other. yeah they know they've each other had pretty some well good battles they've had really good games and i think this will be another good game i think it'll be close i kind of do see the seahawks stealing one at lambo though I think Russ back is finally going to get that offense going. DK, Tyler Lockett, finally back in action. And it'd be nice to see Chris Carson come back. If not, I think they still can get some running game going with Alex Collins. But, yeah, you know, I this will be one of the best games. And my mistake for having the Browns and Pats is the Jim Nance game. I did just see the Seattle game is in, yeah, CBS. So that'll probably be the Romo that Nance will 100% game for be the sure. Romo Nance game for sure. But yeah, looking at the scores, kind of mixed up, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, we definitely have a mixed bag here. Me personally, I took Packers 28, Seahawks 24, seeing that Rodgers is cleared and does play Sunday from the Coco. Uh, Andrew has it Seahawks 27, Packers 23. Mason has it Packers 28, Seahawks 14. Mitch has it, Packers 34, Seahawks 24, and Chris has it, Seahawks 28, Packers 24. All close games like we expect it to be a good game, but a mixed bag there of results. 
Yeah, and with that, we'll wrap up. That'll wrap up the afternoon games, and then we'll go into the Sunday night game, which is another divisional matchup: Chiefs at Raiders. Money line being minus one forty Chiefs, plus one twenty Raiders. Spread two and a half Chiefs. Kind of weird that they have the Chiefs favored in this game, especially at the Raiders. I don't know. Recently, how they've been playing. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think that that line is a little bit weighing on the Chiefs' name rather than how they've been playing this season. Yeah, they're five and four. They're above five hundred now. But I mean, it did come against Aaron Rodgers, those Packers last week with Jordan Love not playing the greatest game by any means, which neither really did Patrick Mahomes last week. So I, that can be a little scary, especially with the Raiders being the Chiefs slayers of the last couple of years, always splitting games against them. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this will be a close game they always do play each other close like you said I don't know if I believe in the Chiefs fully but like I'm gonna go with it because I have them winning this game something's gotta something's gotta happen on that offense their defense looked good last week granted they were playing Jordan Love but their offense hasn't looked good for a while they didn't really put up that many points against the Giants and the Packers something you don't want to see from back-to-back Super Bowl appearances but, yeah, I think it'll be a very close game, and I do like that it's on Sunday night, you know. Good game. It could it's be definitely a good Sunday night game yeah. for sure, and I think we might be able to see a decent game out of Josh Jacobs this week, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll see a good game from Derek Carr as well in order to win this game. Hopefully, he'll. I think he'll have to score more points. We'll see. Looking at scores, it looks like a lot. Some of us don't believe in the Chiefs as three of them pick three of us pick the Raiders to beat the Chiefs Logan has 28 21 Raiders I have it 34 26 Chiefs Mason 21 28 Raiders Chris 28 17 Chiefs Mitch Raiders 28 Chiefs 21 I frankly just have it Raiders Chiefs like I said I'm following the formula of them splitting games each year and I just think the Raiders will get their home win this season in the new stadium I think that's where they split the series and with that that'll wrap up week 10 talk we'll talk about the Monday night game on Sunday night uh, episode but yeah other than that that'll be it for the NFL week I a lot of good games, especially in the late afternoon and night game. I think a lot to look forward this week. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a very good but kind of back-heavy slate, so you got a lot to look forward to in the afternoon and night. You got fancy options to look forward to in the early afternoon games, and hopefully maybe if one of your team's playing, you got something to look forward to. Yeah, and with that, that'll wrap it up, and we'll get into some college basketball talk. The season just tipped off yesterday, November 9th. And we had some good games. We really did have some good games. We had Kansas, number three Kansas, against Michigan State. And how can we not talk about number 10 Kentucky against number nine Duke? Great matchups to start the kickoff of college basketball. And before we talk about these couple games, we don't know a lot of these names since they're all new guys in the start of the season. Sure, we're going to get more fam- familiar well, with definitely, them. Definitely, yeah, be able to pick up on who's big and who's not as the season goes on. As teams rise and fall, too, you'll see who's carrying teams this year. Yeah, and we can go into the Duke game against Kentucky. Duke ended up beating Kentucky, number nine Duke, number 10 Kentucky. 79 71, looks to be a close game. Paolo Banchero for the Duke Blue Devils put up 22.7 rebounds, led the team. 
and I don't really know much about him, but I'm sure he's definitely a highly recruited freshman and looks like to be the star for the Blue Devils this season. Yeah, realistically, when you're a freshman starting on Duke, scoring 22 points against Kentucky, you're probably a highly ranked recruit this last year, and you're probably going to be seeing a lot more of him this year if he's already doing stuff like this against another Blue Blood. Yeah, you know, this will be interesting for the Duke Blue Devils this year as it's been Coach K's last year. It's kind of last year's send-off, so we'll see how that goes throughout the season. But, yeah, it was a good matchup, good top-ten matchup to kick it off, and we Duke ended up winning. Then the next good game we had was Kansas-Michigan State. Michigan State was not ranked. Kansas was three. Kansas beat them 87-74. to 74. For the Jayhawks, you had – give me a second for this name, please. Good luck. This one's going to be tough. Ochai – Egbaji. Egbaji. Uh, Ochai oh, oh. Egbaji. Put up 29 points over 50% field goal with two rebounds and an assist. Led the Jayhawks by a lot. He looked solid. And for the Spartans, you had your two highest scorers go for 17 and 13 on the bench, which was A.J. Hoggard. And who was the guy, next guy? Marble. Marble the second. Okay. Yeah. So you had Julius Marble the second go for 13 on your bench. You know, Sparty, you probably weren't going to win this game. The Kansas are ranked three for a reason. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we'll see some of Sparty come March. I think they're a team that will show up in the March Madness. They usually do. They're always a contender realistically. We don't really know the identity of really any of these teams at all this season at the – beginning so maybe we'll see if michigan state is of the old or it's a new era probably not realistically it's just kansas they're facing they do steamroll most of their opponents anyways given whoever they are so i wouldn't take it too hard if you're a spartan fan we did have an upset too and 25 virginia goes down to navy 66 58 virginia's shout used navy. upsets yeah shout out navy though get your kickoff season game beat a top 25 opponent shout out navy But with that, that'll wrap up college basketball. Not much to talk about because it was the first night of the season. We'll talk about more when it gets into the thick of it, really, in the next couple months. Other than that, yeah, that's going to wrap up the show today. You know, we look forward to football tomorrow and this weekend. And, yeah, I look forward to watching some college basketball too. But with that, that'll wrap up today's show. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and enjoy the football games this weekend. Love you guys.